Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is John. And this is Trav. Welcome to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Your podcast where you go through a portal and find out that there's a long coast named after a sword and harpers without harps and big cities and forgotten realms. Oh, so this, from- is a, this is a heliocentric system. Oh, no. Everything revolves around the sun here in Toral space. Yeah, that's what I meant. Helios, heliocentric. Okay. All right. So... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the what they call space is known as the Sea of Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sun, eight planetoids, and their satellites. So, yeah. Let's see. Where is that? Glyph. I put because it was akin to Saturn. There was. I put the first portal on the moon of Glyph. The second, actually, the moon's whole name is Mingabwe. It is a trading port for non-elithid. And another. Well, yeah. Well, because the elithids hang around the first moon, which is known as Haven. It's a hollowed-out asteroid, and it's treated as neutral ground for the various mind flayer factions. Right, and a mine is a terrible thing to lose. Yes. Yeah. Especially if it's not yours. Yeah. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely thing to taste. Settle down there, Silar. Let's keep going here. So yeah, Mingabwe is a trading port for non-elithids. So you're going to be warping through this and you're going to find yourself in a massive bazaar with many races and non-elithids. So there's not going to be flares here. Oh, oh. so so the gate is right near the actual... It's, uh, it's in a port. Yeah, Mingabwe is a trading port for non-elithids. Okay, it's a so. small moon. It says a small moon. We're all... But I mean, it literally is the warp in the market, or is it? Yeah, like just... yeah, we, yeah. Can you can just put it like in a back alley somewhere, you know? Remember, it's twenty five feet across, and nothing can inter- can intersect it. So, so yeah. Well, I'll read about Glyph here. The third of the five wanderers was a great planet that had a beautiful ring and three satellites observable from Toral. In truth, Glyph was a harsh ringed planet that, as of the mid fourteenth century, Dale reckoning had been occupied by the by the mind players for about a century. Plant life was continually burned by the harsh atmosphere by the mind players to prevent their humanoid cattle hiding from them. A remarkably pure edible gelatin water could be found in the place of seas, and while the planet's cell at ice caps is normal, nothing lived there. Most activity occurred underground. As well as the planet's rings, Glyph was orbited by three satellites. One known as Haven was a hollowed-out asteroid that treated a neutral ground for the different mind flayer factions. Another, Mingabwe, was a trading port for non-elithids. Orbiting Mingabwe was Polluter, an unmapped asteroid. A group of over 300 mercenaries from the Code Helm resided here conducting raids against elithids in the system. So yeah, Mingabwe, they would appear on there, and that would be akin to the portal on Earth Prime that goes to Titan. So Portal 2, Chandos, a water world with rubble islands, generate human, dwarves, and orcs. Yes, Chandos, the next of the five wanderers, the second of the five wanderers. Chandos was another oceanic world. Its seas contained lumps of rock that, when piled high enough, created highly unstable islands. Those living on the islands were the human dwarven and orcish descendants from a pair of spell jammers that crash landed here long ago. Over time, they lost their technologies and developed an enmity for each other, forgetting their past and becoming primitive. From Toral, this planet appeared as a greenish brown smudge, which changed over time. So, yeah, basically, you would be appearing on Chandos, was the fifth planet, so it'd be Jupiter esque, but it was a water world, not a gas giant. Third, fourth, and fifth portals all appear on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just looking at the size. Six. Oh no, I'm looking at realm space. Realm space is okay. Six thousand million billion, six trillion miles across. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. So okay. Hmm. So, so big. Three, four, and five. I sort of put because they were akin to Venus. That planet is, or three and four. Excuse me, is the planet Koliar, gas giant with quote unquote irons, islands of water and earth. Gas giant. Mostly populated with avian life forms and other flying creatures, a few islands of water and earth revolved around the planet's core. Elminster was said to own a resort on one of these islands. 
The planet was covered with clouds and appeared as a great white sphere for Toro. It was considered one of the Dawn Heralds. So yeah, you would end up probably on one of these islands of water and earth floating around this gas giant's core. Now, if you happen to pop on the one where Elminster has this resort, well, you're going to be getting a visit from Elminster. Probably, you're probably sure he's not going to like people trespassing on his property. Yeah, I, and, I love the way, I love this is floating islands. It doesn't actually say what their islands were, just just floating well, islands. It says, well, it says a few islands, and islands is in quotes, of water and earth revolving around the core of this gas giant. Okay, so they range from 5 to 20 miles. So I guess this fellow you're talking about is on one of the 20-mile-sized ones. Yeah, matter of fact, I'm going to put the other, I'm going to put the second port of the Coliar outside Oldminster's resort. <laughs> yeah. yeah just, just just to be a, sort of a jerk DM. It's like, yeah, we got on this. Wait a minute. Well, why, is this why is this bearded guy shooting magic missiles at us? Anyways. I love it. At the center of the planet is a very large island inhabited by the red dragon worm firebrand flame tongue. Okay. Wow. All right. So, so this is literally a a ball of gas. Yeah, the, the it's not a gas. A it's, it's not a gas giant. It's a ball of gas. Because if you if you have an island, you can visit the center of the planet. It's a big ball of gas versus a gas giant. Yeah, this is definitely magic. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So portals five, six, and seven go to the world of Carfrey. The first of the five wanderers. It'd be equivalent in position to Mars. Carpri, the fourth planet in the system, was an oceanic world. It was an absolutely beautiful place to behold from wild space. Excuse me. From Toril, it appeared as a large star, but as a sapphire ball with white caps when viewed by magical means. The poles were covered in pack ice hundreds of miles thick and stalked by deadly cold-loving predators, while floating at the equator's waters could be found seaweed, which at some point could support up to five tons of weight, but were also home to massive dangerous insects. The waters of the world were inhabited by aquatic elves and predaceous sea life, making this planet as dangerous as it was beautiful. Yeah, the three warps portals would be out on these. You know, you could have one at the at a polar cap and two on these massive sargassos. Oh. So the sargassos are basically large mats. Yeah, well, like I said, floating at the equator's waters could be found seaweed, which at some points could support up to five tons of weight. Okay. So this was very six, very sick, very thick. I'm on vacation, uh, folks. I'm not having to think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which means the warps are. I mean, the ring stations are all at the bottom of wherever this of this ocean world. Oh yeah, all three of them would be warps. We could just put one up at the one in an <laughs> ice cap. Yeah, one on each pole, one on oh, the equator somewhere. This is a bottomless ocean with no land masses. Bottomless ocean. So it means there's probably a really tiny, small rocky core, yeah. and on that low rocky core are the three ring stations. Yep. And you can, literally, if there was water wasn't there, you could walk from one to the other just by taking a step. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I can imagine the Melon who put them there just laughed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the one at the, at the ice cap used to be on the ice cap, but then the ice cap shifted and melted and fell down to the bed. Yeah. down. Okay. And finally, the eighth system portal. Now, in Earth Prime, it was put on Ceres, the largest asteroid in the asteroid belt. In realm space, there isn't so much as an asteroid belt, but there is a trail of asteroids that follow the orbit of Toro's moon, Saloon. They are known as the Tears of Saloon. Uh, Toro orbited about 20,000 miles from Toro, Tears of Saloon. Asteroid cluster visible from the surface of Toro as following the moon, Saloon, in its orbit around the planet. Uh, let's see. The tears appeared as stars were often identified as nine in number. The other bodies that made up the cluster were too indistinct to make out from from Toro, the tears were only bright enough to be seen at night, and even then they were not seen every night. The first tear appeared above the horizon about four hours after Saloon rose, and it took about three hours for the entire set of tears to rise or set. Ordinary asteroid cluster that trailed in the wake of Saloon. There were hundreds of them circling each other, though the focal point of the revolution was actually a castle. The closest asteroid to Saloon lay about 100,000 miles from the moon, while the farthest laid about 183,000 miles from it. Since all tiers followed Saloon's orbit, they all stood about the same distance from Toro as the moon itself, about 183,000 miles. 
Most of the atmosphere, or at, yeah, most of the asteroids were too small to have a sufficiently large breathable atmosphere. However, several dozen had air envelopes that could sustain life quite comfortably. I put this uh, warp portal on Dragon Rock, an asteroid with a 10-mile surface uh, dedicated to trade. A single silver piece allowed trade in and up in up to a ton of goods at one of the asteroid's hundreds of docks. Should a trader not wish to stick around, a cargo could be left with one of the 12 very trustworthy owners where it would be sold on commission. So, yes, another trading post. Yeah. So, would this now, would this be an actual ring station? It could be. Yeah, it could be because it, it's it's fairly small, and unless this place has been uh, run through, it would would uh, it's small enough that you know, and it's something got dwarves. Am I right? Well, yeah. If it's going to be, um, if it's from Toro, yeah. Well, because there's another the Citadel. Um, I saw that one. The Citadel. Yeah. All dwarves leaving Toro's atmosphere must stop. Made their for their first time. Make the port a call here. No other races were allowed to set foot here unless accompanied by dwarves. This is where new dwarven travelers were informed of the dangers of space travel. All dwarves that stay here were required to pay a fee of three gold pieces. See, you could have been fun and have and have it there in the Citadel and watch them try to explain why they, you know, how they got there. Yeah, where are your dwarf keepers? <laughs> um, uh, or, yeah. You know, I wasn't but, yeah. being that much of a jerk. That's why I put it on Dragon Rock. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, if it's a ring station, it could, you know, it's, and it sounds like because of that atmosphere, it's either magical or something. So, yeah. So, it, it you know, for all we know, it's sort of like in a little, it's a little plaza, and it's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we don't know what it does. It just spins, floats, we can't move it, so we just built around it. You yeah, know, right, exactly, yeah. And all of a sudden, these people come walking out, and like, oh, it's a ooh. portal. Ooh. Tell, us, tell us how to no, use no. it. No, no, it's, oh. New customers. <laughs> well, that too, but it's also yeah. a port. Well, thinking about it, there probably already is a portal to Toriel. Oh, I'm sure there would be, but again, mm -hmm. uh, this was mostly spell jammer trade that came here. Uh, but you know, they need food and stuff, and it's only ten miles, and uh, you know, I'm not quite yeah. sure how soil is. There probably is a portal to some place, you know, where they can get stuff. Yeah. Well, as long as that portal can go 183,000 miles away down to Toro, yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. well, looking at the portals that listed, they, 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 they said they went to other dimensions. They can go to other dimensions. They can go to um, asteroid in orbit. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I did that as the system platform. Now, the star platform, I didn't really, because these crystal spheres only go, once you get past the outermost planet of the system, after a while, that crystal sphere starts appearing. So a yeah. star platform for these realms, Orth, Toro, and Kryn, excuse me. Yeah, it just, it would be the nature of the system. The star platforms would all be locked down with rainbows, rainbow yeah, keys. Yeah, and the only stars listed here are far realm-infested stars, and they're actually a recent addition. Uh, the Abolethic Sovereignty. I'm looking up on the uh, entry for realm space. Uh, so you have Akamar, Kaifon, but they're all basically they're all living beings that look like stars. So there's no no place to visit. Yeah, uh, it could be that this, again we have you know uh, like, like we said one of the options was instead of going to oh crap. actual star Ab abolethic sovereignty aboleths. Okay, no, 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 no. We're good. No, I'm as I said, I'm not that mean of a GM. No. Yeah, so you know the what I consider it would be that okay if you can't go to an actual star then you have the stuff on the outside, which is what which which point because technically realm space you know you have realm space, but you also have you know outside so basically, of the crystal spheres is yeah. a material called phlogiston, which is extremely flammable and you can't survive in it. Ah, so it's different from the stuff that's surrounding the Greyhawk sphere. Oh no, there's there's phlogiston outside all crystal spheres. Okay. Your 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 spell jammers, there are paths of phlogiston between various spheres. There's mm -hmm. just no there's no path between Greyhawk and Kryn. If you want to get from Greyhawk to Kryn, you have to stop off at Toral's crystal sphere and then leave it to go to Kryn or vice versa. And unfortunately, the constellations are stars basically up 
on the crystal sphere. Yeah, exactly. They're just patents. <laughs> well, yeah, because the farm rel far realm infested stars, yeah, those stars are actually elder evils. Now, you could put these stars as part of your star platform, <laughs> but just remember, folks, these are actually living creatures. Well, the the worlds are run by aboliths, more aberrations like flares and grell and the neogi. So yeah, it's not exactly they're not going to be inimical to human life. You're going to as soon it, it just have them locked down. That would be your best bet. Yeah. Rainbow lockdown because even the Tremel would be going. No, we're not letting people. Well, out. the thing is, though, they've only they, according to this, they only came through around thirteen ninety six. What's the current date in Let's there? Uh, well, for the Forgotten Realms, as I said, I don't use their dating anything. system. Well, no, I use the Dale Reckoning system. It's just because the, the Forgotten Realms three book stops at thirteen seventy two, thirteen ninety six. That sounds like that's spell plague stuff. I, that's I recent I, stuff. Yeah, I don't do the spell plague stuff. I just I don't like how, what they did with that. And yeah, so these stars actually these stars are not present. Therefore, and the, these the uh, these are actually part of the spell plague. Yeah. So these stars aren't present. So there's not even a worry if you're. Yeah, you're as I said, just just the the Termelon would have locked the star platform down, just saying, "Oh, there's nothing here. Okay, lock it down. No one goes through." Here's a question, Bruce. Would this be a, a case of where the Tremellon said, "Whoa, there's nothing here to hook to." So you know what? We don't even bother putting a putting a pathway here. Would they do that? Yeah. Or it, the system is automated, but it doesn't mean. But what what we find out from Richard later on is the fact is that the parts that are very poor in resources or very poor in you know likability to the uh, to the Tremellon. They get sorted into the middle where all the barren stuff is, so you might never see it if it's another universe. So it's so it's possible that there's not even the, that the the main transit portal's there, but it's not turned on. You know the the pathway portal. It's you oh, know, so what? So you're going okay. So you're going from the system to the Star Hub platform. And you get to the end of the fifty mile road. No, no, and no. You're going from the system, and you look at the Star Hub platform. It's an open ring. There's no portal surface. You can see stars through it. Oh, okay, yeah. And that would definitely get people's attention. Well, yeah, they would realize either something's broken or the Termellon didn't want us to go here. Yeah. Now it's still there. If someone were to come along and were to do a rotate in one of those worlds, then it would come active. Yeah. If if you rotate one of the alt alts down to the prime, then it would become active and probably would then form. It's there, but it's not being used, and there's no reason to even go to it. Yeah. Yeah, if you were to, yeah, flipping the alternate, yeah, it would, yeah. Then their systems would all sync up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically the, the, the warp's been turned off, I mean, the portal's been turned off because there's nothing to go to. Yeah. And even after 1396, which is um, still not good enough. Yeah, I, the terminal would be like, nope, still no, no. It's only six. It's only six trillion miles across. That's hardly anything. You know, <laughs> it is. It's hardly anything in terms of you know. You know oh, space. it's just six trillion miles. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I reminded of airplane two? Stewardess, is there something you're not telling us? We're about a million miles off course. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. There's something else you're not telling us. We're also out of coffee. Mass panic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in I mean, basically, the six trillion miles puts you out, out about mm, the Kuiper belt, thereabouts. Okay. So, yeah. So just past Pluto. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I got. I did. The Prime, I got all that set. I got the system platform where that would correspond to. As I said, I just linked it up best to Earth Prime's system because I noticed that a lot of the systems for these TSR wizard settings, they tried to model them after Earth in some small way. So it all worked out. And I even did give a good contact for IDET to have, United to have, which would be the Harpers because the Harpers would definitely want to know Yep. about 
these rings and warps because, yeah, just because you may not be able to detect magic, there is magic out there that will detect a portal because they know that the, all these magical portals, these ancient ones have been all over, but those who know portals on Toro might say, wait a minute, on Fair Rune, there's seven of these portals that they don't radiate as magic, yet they, they're all over the continent. And there's one over on Anchor Rome. Yeah. I'm just looking at trying to figure out. Unfortunately, there's there's not much on here about what things are available for trade. I mean, other than going to each each and every listing for every every nation. Oh, oh, there is something. Oh, up, 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 up. Earbud again. Sorry about that. Speak of the devil. <laughs> there is something that I think might work and i have to go to the equipment page here Ooh. oh no um both of you can answer this for me what is one of the major problems on earth prime the one of the very reasons why unita sends people out oh uh yeah pollution okay okay warming, that. food okay you know i'm looking here for the equipment page because there's something oh no no there there's something else here that might come in handy and i'm just yeah, uh, uh, overpopulation from looks yeah, of it now. There you go, bingo. Yes. Okay. No, you, said, you said pollution. I thought you said pollution. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, but there are a couple things here that, if it can be proven to work, mm. would come in handy for said problem. Okay. Looking up, there are two two herbs, Cassil. Castle is a small shrub similar to a mustard plant. Its seeds are ground into a fine, tasteless powder that suppresses male fertility. Men who want to avoid fathering children use this herb. A male humanoid who eats about a teaspoon of castle is rendered infertile for a period of 3D4 days, although it takes about an hour for the herb to take effect. Stories abound of disloyal courtiers dosing their kings or lords in order to prevent the conception of a royal heir. Using either the heel skill or profession herbalist, the effects can be detected with a DC-15 check encountered with a DC-20 check. And now, because they want to be fair and across the board, Nara Root. Nara Root is a black woody tuber with a licorice-like flavor. Shaving steeped in hot water makes a strong tea that renders a woman infertile for D4 plus two days. Chewed raw, the root tastes unpleasant. The effects are more potent, lasting 2D4 plus four days. Women who do not wish to become pregnant use Nara root using the either. Okay, same thing. Yeah. So, yes. All right. It's, it sounds like it, you know, at least... Anti-fertility herbs would be a good way to curb population. It sounds a bit like the ancient uh, real, real herb, Sylphilium. Sylphium. Sylphium. Yeah. I think I've heard mm -hmm. of that. It's also known as Sylph... Sylph uh, well... Oh, Sylphion. Sylphion, laser wart or laser. And it basically was, it, it, it reduced, reduces the woman's fertility. It was a natural, it was a natural, it was a natural um, birth control for, for women. Um, it also was a seasoning. Um, I think it was, uh, I think, what did you mention what it tasted, tasted like? Uh, no, I don't. No. But yeah. yeah, the gnar root tastes like licorice, and they didn't say oh. what the castle tastes like. Uh, fennel. It, ta it tasted like fennel. Okay. Fennel seed. Fennel seed, not fennel, the, the bulb. Fennel seed. So it's a little bit different. But still, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, so it sounds like they have a variation of that. And you know what? That's entirely biochemical. And unless, unless stated otherwise. It's all natural herbs. It's all holistic. Yeah. Well, so otherwise, so unless unless note otherwise that people are uh, are, are run through uh, through humors and crap like that, it should it should be usable. <laughs> the reason I say that because unfortunately there 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 will be some magic some places where some fantasy worlds where humors and various you know old Ptolemaic and Aristotelian ideas of how people operate and function. Would render this stuff kind of moot because it's they'd be totally magic at that point. But I have a feeling that people here are people because they brought Egyptians and they're still functioning and they brought yeah right know. yeah. So I have a feeling that it's probably a it's probably a variation of uh, 
Silphium, 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 which um, could mean that the the one they're probably related roots. It is heavily one one works on the male system, one works in the female system. Yeah, and as I said, I mean these are yeah. If they're they're eat, let's see, um, trying to see where the price is. One gold piece for a dose of castle, two silver pieces for a dose of nara root. Mm -hmm. If if they try to, yeah. Oh wait a minute, these work for negating fertility. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Bring the truckload of gold in. Yeah. Yeah. So nara root is much che cheaper than castle herbs. So it's it's fairly yes. cheap. Um, well, gold. It says a dose, and one dose is good for for a man for a uh, week. Uh, three. Yeah, three to four days. So a week and a half. Now, yeah. here's the question. I, I I wish the people who wrote the wiki wrote this differently. Eating out a little ground castle rendered the man infertile and unable to propagate for about a week. No, it says here three to four days in um, the yeah. three point book. Let me put it this way. Unable to propagate. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a bad, badly worded phrase. <laughs> how, how can I pick another euphemism? Oh. <laughs> Look, and, and it'll be because I have had, mm -hmm. how can I say it? The disconnectomy. The cobra has no more venom. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's still, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, I, I would take it more like it, it's basically where it does it. Wow. It would have to be a spermicide. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It only works in haploids. For, you know, never mind. We're getting into biology here, and I think people don't want to listen to biology. Yeah, and also, yeah, and also <laughs> we got to kind of tap dance around it because yeah, you know, we're trying to do this show for the children. Anyways, yeah, so but it also, I, I would think it, that it, would be, I would think like, that would be something these herbs would be in big mm -hmm. demand for by Earth Prime because once they take them back and they run them through botanical tests and realize, <laughs> hey, these are offshoots of Cassil is similar to a mustard plant. Mm -hmm. This gnar root is licorice-like, and they suppress fertility. Okay. Overpopulation is one of the biggest problems oh. on crime. So, actually, if, if gnar root tastes a bit like licorice, it means it's its variant of, of, of sylphium, because sylphium is related to, to uh, fennel. Okay, that makes sense. Only in this case, it's the root instead of the seeds. Yeah. Problem with well, uh, with sylphium was that it was in a bear to, to propagate um, uh, through agriculture. It wouldn't, didn't want to do it. Ah. So that's the number one reason why it went, went, went extinct. The other reason, of course, is that it was so valuable that basically no one bothered to try to even plant the seeds. Oh, yeah, I think we talked about this on a previous podcast. The ancient Egyptians just basically ate Greeks. it out of the yeah, Greeks. The Greeks. Basically Greeks and, ate it out of existence. Yeah. 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 Okay, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those problems where no one really tried because it was much more. It made more money just going and harvesting wild. Someone says, "You, you never know. There may be a there may be a species of it out there someplace in some some forgotten mountainside, but chances are probably not because it was selling for like you know denarii over you know for hundred for tens of denarii." You know, in the Roman markets when when it was available. So yeah. Also, there is. <laughs> I want to say it's Bolo's Guide to Everything, and this is an old second edition book. Mm -hmm. Now, I might be able to pull this off. It's going to take me a bit because Bruce and John know the number of PDFs I have. <laughs> maybe but as many as may I have. But there is a guide. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, well, yeah. not many more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long story. Bruce, John, and I first met at Rich's wedding, and we role-played, and I have my laptop, and it's just... Bruce just looks over. Oh my lord! And yes, and there are folders within folders within folders. And I wanted to stop because the wedding was the next day. Um, but yeah, there is a guide for second edition, and I guess it's not Volo's guide to everything, but it has massive amounts of cheeses and wines, the Callum Shan cheese, 
is sort of a green streaked cheese, mm-hmm. but it has a spice to it. That would become a very good delicacy. Yeah. Oh, Chad, just for comparison, I have 11,153 uh, items in my in my RPG folder. Okay, I'll we'll we'll <laughs> test that out sometime. Oh, by the way, I have a one terabyte drive with stuff too. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not getting into that contest here, but no, there is oh, no. Oh, campaign settings. Let me. Cheese. I, oh, I know. The wiki has a section on cheese. Yeah, You're bring that up about... real quick because I'm trying to find this and. You're doing what we would call on my show stalling for time. Um, so you have... Oh. But this is going to bug me if I don't find it. There's Arabellion cheddar, which is basically a cheddar. Once the most popular cheddar cheese in the Sea of Fallen Stars. But there's not much call for it around here these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Son, if I'd been drinking, that would have been all over this map. Just saying. We uh, went there, folks. The Wensleydale Cheese Shop. Yeah. Damn. Es- okay. es- Escata, a strongly favored cheese from Impitur. It was yellow and crumbled easily. E- easily. Hmm. Chesterton Lotus Cheese, popular in the Chesenta and the empires of the southeastern side of the Sea of Fallen Stars. Don't say that five times fast. For a very long time, it was normally mixed with lotus flower petals, although there are other Wait a minute, I think I found it. Aurora's Whole Realms Catalog. That there might be the thing. Yeah. Uh, death Let's cheese. Hold, yeah, keep going. I'll, I'll, when this loads up, I'll... Made from the milk of deadly catablapaz. It was produced by monks who hired adventurers to herd and milk the catablapaz. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. It looks like it looks like cross street owl and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Good lord. Found they, it. Bingo. Yeah. Death cheese. Here it is. Um, <laughs> Cataplepis. Yeah. Chesenton lotus cheese. Yeah. You're looking from. Yeah. You probably got it from this uh, green calashite. Here it is. This is the one I told you about. Sample at your own risk. For the management accepts no responsibility for just for those who just think this is another cheese. The calashites mix ground curry in with their cheese as a preservative and flavor enhancer, and what flavor it has. Many a northern barbarian has been brought low by grabbing a hunk of green, thinking it an ordinary cheese, and biting in. Oh, there you go. The curry mm-hmm. gives calashite its radiant aquamarine hue, serving as a warning to the uninitiated. Available in half-pound loaves for four silver pieces, but special orders can be made through your local station. So the curry must not contain uh, capucin. The reason I say that is that capucin and milk fat, which is what? Cheese, are like good buddies. So it actually wouldn't be hot. So it sounds like they're using something else, maybe a a radish or something like that, or some other things to make the curry. So the curry here may, you know, maybe more pepper and... As in, as in peppercorns. Well, I don't know. Many a northern barbarian has been brought low by grabbing a hunk of green thing into ordinary cheese. Yeah, so yep. it's probably spicy because the northern... Yeah. Remember, they fashion all the northern barbarians after Nordic. They're not real big on the spices from what I hear. Oh, wait, here's another one. Oh, yeah, as I said, get Aurora's Whole Realm catalogs if you can find it, folks. The stuff in this especially yeah. the foods and the breads and the wines and the ales would be good stuff for your. Yeah. It looks like you may have to get though used because it was last published oh, no. in 1992. Oh well, yeah. It's a, as I said, it's a second edition book. Yeah. I have it here on PDF. I mean, yeah. Lurian spring cheese also known as halflings cheese or mine cheese is, it was pugently aromatic and soft. Although not very tasty to humans, it's profound effect in halflings who reacted to it as though it were a strong wine or narcotic. Ooh. Oh, I'm oh, Golden Sands Brews. Southern brews, including these Kalashite beers, are rare, interesting, and lighter drinks called lager. They are lighter in taste, color, and weight, and have more effervescence. Golden Sands Brews come in varying types, each with different additives to alter the taste of the base lager. These are available only at port through ports at Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep, though we will attempt to distinct, distribute to a wider clientele in the near future. Yeah, these are from Kalanshan and Kalimport, which is, mm-hmm. uh, that's, oh God, seven, eight hundred miles south of the Troll Mountains portal. Yeah. 
But no, getting stuff here for if you want to start bringing stuff back. Oh, what can we bring from this world back to Earth Prime? Aurora's Full Realms catalog is a really good old second edition source to here's the ideas, all these rare delicacies from this world. I love it. uh, A great great pairing with uh, Death Cheese and Dark Ripe Bread is Dragon's Breath Beer. (laughs) This beer has strong and harsh flavor. It was best served with Dark Ripe Bread and Death Cheese. (laughs) Okay, what is the name of this beer? Dragon's Breath Beer. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. A Sembian brew of strong, harsh temperament. Folks, John is our resident <laughs> beer. Well, I won't say a beer snob. I won't go that far because that takes an insulting tone. He's our resident uh, beer connoisseur. Okay, here we got a complete list here of different beers. Bitter Black, Golden Sands Brew, Irea Borean North Brew, Lurian's Best. Old One Eye. Okay, we have to look up that, that one. Ooh, old One Eye was was a beer brewed in in, in Lyroboth. Lyroboth on the southern coast of the Deep Wash, just north of Thornwood. The local mm-hmm. brewer, retired half elf fighter mage named Araneth Idagir, learned the recipe from a cyclops he met and strangely befriended during the local Goblin Wars of 1358 DR. This relatively new brew, akin to the lagers of Kalincham, lighter and less opaque than the standard stouts of the north, but with a higher alcohol content. Yay. Old One-Eye's fiery red color comes from the secret brewing process. Rumors mm. mention pepper and other minute spices in the grain mix. Its mm. odd hot aftertaste make this beer a one-of-a-kind drink. It's gaining quite a following among the locals and adventurers south of Cormier, and tavern keepers like it for its long life and ease of travel. Ah, they also have ciders? You know, Knee Cracker, Purple Hills, Villain Cider, and a whole bunch of wines. Arabella and Dry, Burdusk and Dark, Bloodwine, mm-hmm. uh, Clary, Ever- Evermead. Oh, ah. El- oh, Elvin Mead? Oh, no, sign me up. If I knew you, I could get Elvin Mead from the French Bath. be like, hey, find my local, you know, my closest person. I know, friend, yeah, bring some of that back for me. Well, take that back. They do have chilies. Uh, they come from Mastica. Yeah, so they've already been to South, they're the relative Central American continent. Yeah, and they're bringing back yeah. stuff there already. So you're going to yeah. get that in Waterdeep, Baldur's Gate, um, mm. Neverwinter, Kalimsham, all those ports along the Sword Coast. You're going to be getting all that stuff from Mastika. They got potatoes, Mr. Frodo. Potatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They even use the South American word for them, batata. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, oh, the they per- have... that's the Peruvian name for them. <laughs> well, they have mead and they have evermead, which is elven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they're and if it's true to the root, true to the roots, the message, the uh, the potatoes available from this world, probably there's probably not just one kind of tater. We're talking there's there's literally like about in Peru, you there's literally about fifty different varieties. Oh, and they're probably different colors. They're probably just not like our white potatoes. They're probably purple. Oh, the, red. different different shapes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, literally, there's yeah, they're all potatoes. But it has come from different, you know, different shapes, different flavoring. Oh yeah! Oh, I'm hearing the on the exotics page. Yes, chilies, coffee, mm-hmm. cigars, cocoa, Fagara, mm-hmm. which is from Tulung, which is Karator, Garam, mm. which is a salty sauce of fermented fish and other flavorings in the jungles of Malatra, Ketchup, which is oh, I love Fagara oh, so much. Ketchup. Oh, ketchup. Yeah. Yeah, it's tomatoes are from. Fagara, yeah, Fagara was similar to peppercorns to taste aside, but also with an added numbness and mild tingling sensation. I would imagine once you take it back to Earth and you run it to the spectrometer, you go, oh, look, opium or cocaine or something along oh, those lines. A similar size and flavoring <laughs> to peppercorns. Yeah, yeah. Garum. Ooh, Fermented you know, fish sauce, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Worcestershire yeah, Worcester sauce. Yeah, potato, cat, cat, litchi fruit. Mm-hmm. Served to emperors in the courts of Shaolong. Not getting any of that. Not uh, similar to Imniscarian Im- dates. Rice wait, candies, have- soy sauce, long beans, tobacco. Oh, yeah, they got stuff here that they would say, yeah, this is definitely an alternate earth. But the the cheeses and the wines would be, as I said, there's a lot of stuff that if you get going, 
on this world, you can take back to Earth Prime and get top dollar for these delicacies on this world. Yeah, and but I, and, I, and as but I said, I, I knew this was here somewhere. I did look for it. Thank you for yeah. giving me the time to do it. Yeah, but I will say this though: it's uh, probably not in any quantities to be commercially viable. This would be more like stuff that will show up uh, at Sotheby's rather than at your local shop, you know, or on eBay. But basically, yeah. because you're never going to be able to carry enough to be, and then these folks do not have commercial farming, so no. we'll never get enough to make it. You know, this is stuff that the uh, that the the Bezos and the uh, and and the uh, and the whoever's you know will end up buying because it's the only way people actually can afford it. Yeah, yeah. Well, still, I mean, mm -hmm. well, remember, there's something that my former ex-stepfather-in-law would say. Something is only worth as much as whatever idiot's willing to pay for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Musk and Bezos would probably buy this stuff. Uh, oh, Silurian Glowfire. Okay, what is that one? Uh, did you, oh, it has slight luminescence. So it's probably magic. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, luminescence ear comes from, you know, certain chemical reactions, which normally you don't want to put into your body. Though there is are very organic stuff like fireflies, but the, for that it would have to actually, I mean, if it's if it stays the same for a long period of time, then it's magic. If it fades with time, then it's probably a chemical reaction. You follow what I'm saying? You know, if it, anything that glows, either either it's magical or it's, you know, chemical and the chemicals will eventually, you know, burn out. Oh, yeah, actually, it could be full of radium, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which in this world is probably useless. It's a, it's a, it's a funny sound like glows. Uh, ooh, a yellow amber color wine with a nutty flavor. I know some guy. I know some. I would love to try that. Hmm. Anyway, it and also get prices. So uh, barrel. So that'd be fifty gallons. Five gold pieces for fifty for fifty gallons. Oh. And we consider a silver piece to be equivalent of a dollar. Am I correct? Yeah, I believe so because one mm -hmm. gold piece is. Or no, no, a silver piece is more because you pay for a lot of things in, in coppers. And a hand cake is only 48 copper. And a hand cake is about five gallons. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I know this. I know this stuff. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's basically so it's a small one. Small keg. It could be a gallon too. It could be a growler. Anyway, yeah. So maybe uh, silver pieces. Uh, it's hard to, to to figure out what the price is because unfortunately you need some sort of comparison to figure out. Okay, is this a dollar? Is this ten dollars? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Best way to look is look at the cost of a of a of an average meal. And that usually you know give you a good thing. Or how much a loaf of bread costs? If a loaf of bread is like you know. Four copper pieces. That's equivalent of about two fifty in 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 um, American dollars. I did okay. a little research of this recently, so okay, all right. <laughs> but I'm looking at all the things. Okay, so that's just a uh, priest and a poke. What the hey? Okay, that's definitely something we can supply them. It's more more um uh, better first aid kits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just looking at what we what, you know what, what what we can give them back. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, because as far as I know, this world does not have, like, other than the chemical reaction thing where gunpowder doesn't work, you have to make all chemical smoke powder. They're already, remember, the Lantanese, they already have mid to high PL3. Ooh. They had their Renaissance tech easily. The gnomes were the tech big boys on the block on this one. And, and looking at something, we were talking about things, I just realized, because it, it's, you know... Uh, well, you could, what I'm saying is that our med kits would still be. There's nothing saying that pharmaceuticals don't work on this world. No, if if we figure that castle and and tar root, tar root, tar root work work through good old fashioned biological processes, then yeah, pharmaceuticals would work too. So you could bring yeah. aspirin and antibiotics and yeah. Oh, you know we were we were talking about things, but you know I'm looking at elven bread. And at least in the wiki, and it's saying uh, high nutritious bread produced by producing Evermeet. It was available for purchase through the Aurora's Whole Realms catalog. Yes. Elven bread is fine grain, light and sweet. Besides its fine taste, it's also extremely nourishing and providing the twice the nutritional value of iron rations with only half the weight. Iron rations, based on someone's estimate, were about 1,000 calories. 
So okay. This, so basically, one loaf, of, one serving of Elven bread is worth two thousand calories. That even keep me going through the day, considering I do daily medium physical labor. Um, yeah. 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 All right. I mean, hey, if anything, it'll be a place to stop by and pick up some elven bread as as your uh, rations. You know, who needs MREs when you have elven bread? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, so you can keep forever. Fruitcakes. Well, we know what the myth is about fruitcake. <laughs> it's people getting fruitcake. No, it's the same one or two being sent all around the world as it's getting regifted. I follow, I, I, I'm going to follow Alton Brown. He says, basically, if you make a fruitcake properly, you won't be sent around next time. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's well. Come on, it's Alton Brown. Yeah, yeah. and and I, one of these days I should try his fruit cake recipe, but so far I'm going. Yeah, I don't have that much rum. Don't look at me. I ain't giving you any of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in their version, it's hardtack. Hardtack. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And iron rations. Uh, yeah, like we said. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So they 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 have some things that have some trouble. Is like as we pointed out before. It's really hard to move anything of commercial viability between worlds unless you have more or less modern manufacturing processes. Yeah. And then you set up road trains using uh, Bruce's uh, flywheel system, uh, power them, because otherwise you just go broke trying to keep fuel, fuel, fueling yeah. them. And these people do, are not on a commercial, on a manufacturing industrial basis. No, this and then, is a and pre, another pre-industrial world. Yeah. So anything here is going to be uh, stuff for the Sotheby's catalogs for sale through, you know, uh, Pi, Pi Bay, you know, and things like that, you know. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if you go out the swamp, the um, mm -hmm. the Red Hill Great Swamp and go around south, yeah. the nation of Hal Rua is high in Technomat. Mm. If you could get like the Kalamshan, the Kalamshan cheese and all that, because Hal yeah. Rua, they would have it. Yep. Oh, no. You might be able to get something a little more produced and a little more shippable because of their high techno, relatively high techno magic society. Remember, the Hell Ruins have these sky ships that fly through the air. So I'm looking at some of the things like silent shoes and silent and silent uh... stealth suits. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking at going, they're just silk bodysuits. And, you know. Oh, we, oh, we can we can make those better here with spider silk. Come on. Yeah, and it's and they're black, which is actually the wrong color. You don't make them black. You make them dark gray or light gray, yeah. because when you're in darkness, anything that's dark black actually stands out. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Gnomish cloaks. Are they, are they magic or tick? Uh, these coats are gray fabrics. Oh, see, they're doing it right. Gray fabrics allow a prowling feet to blend into the shadows with more conviction. Okay. They're not they're not cloaks of elven Klein, but they basically are they work. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Oh no, real, so there's real... things that, that people could benefit mm -hmm. from this world mm -hmm. if Unita gets an eye dead on here. So yeah, that was my main thing. When I when I after I got over the ooh shiny, I want to do this, I had to break down and Bruce blasted, I heard your voice in my head. What is I what is Unita going to get out of getting to this world? And I'm like Okay, I have to actually think about this properly. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's important because this it's also it's also what the players are going to be asking themselves. Why I mean, other than the fact that, that they wanted to come here because they wanted to go in this D&D world, what other reason would they be there? Now, there is one race here that we talked about that might be of interest to Idet because they're intelligent and they can be fro what no, I'm John. I don't need you answering my questions. Okay, uh, they are also easily frozen, and they come back from it. The trolls, the trolls may be stupid, but they're not that stupid. And you, and if you assume that that playtex effect lasts for eighteen hours, you've got a lot of intelligent trolls that you can move to other worlds and possibly use as shock troops, especially if they have the break off a piece and get a new troll aspect to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, usually regeneration like that works from the largest piece. It depends if they can reach the largest piece. I thought you were talking about the Mind Flayers who are psionics. No, 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 we're not <laughs> doing, no, we're not. No, there's... They're not very. They're not very. I don't find mind flares very exciting. 
there's lots of powerful beings that are, oh, I know, I'm just saying though, but there's nothing that unusual about them. But the trolls have always been fairly unusual. You know, and if and if you can go and take, I don't know, you know, you take a bunch of trolls, have a white dragon breathe on them, frozen trolls, start carting them through by the truckloads and uh, drop them off, let's say, uh, right outside a Coptic camp. Just let them have some fun. And for 18 hours, they're going to regenerate really well. Then you're, oh no, I use the mind flayers a lot. You're doing it wrong. You can make mind flayers scary AF. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh no, I, I ran a, real quick, one of the Maze World games that Kirky Goth and I ran. Yeah, these trolls were in this ice cavern, formerly, um, by um inhabited by Duergar. And so yeah, the oh crap, we got these trolls after us. They're flying down off these cliffs. They had magic items. The trolls were just jumping. They break a leg, they get up, they snap it back into place, and they kept running. My players, you know, Perky Goth and Goth Bunny and Josie are looking at me going, You're mean. <laughs> because I was using trolls like that. Yeah. But the, the the Coptics are in the negative direction, right? So, yes, 102 is very close to where the Coptics are. So this might be an actual viable tactic to use against some of the Coptic forces. Well, what's yeah. really funny in my world, in my big blue binder, is that I put Faroon next door to the world where we put Maze World. And Gina's like, wait a minute, is that what I think it is? You Faroon? I said, yeah, I put the Forgotten Realms right next door to Phase World. And of course, Josie just lit up. So did Colleen. Like, oh, okay. They're not going to go there, but I just they, they know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and by 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 you know, the time we got in the hundreds, we know how to call up a French train. So getting there in eighteen hours is not a problem. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we yeah we covered all the points. I covered the prime, the system. We already you know hand waved how to get rid of the star platform use yeah. what and, could be found and, on this world that would be usable to earth prime yeah and being at minus 100 we can assume that by this time skyrim is part of the com new commonwealth and, and that's always a question is 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 bureau 13 earth to go sit there and hide while the commonwealth grows around it or they will they finally go okay guys we understand we need to join but you know we've been hiding this stuff from people for the past 200 years or 100 years, 150 years or however long it's been. We can't tell them now that, it, that, that this stuff no. is real. No, the Bureau would still keep quiet. Yeah. They, they would be a secret silent partner because remember, mm -hmm. Colonel Talbot would realize that it's like, Oh no, we'll partake of the Commonwealth and we still have our trade technology and magical agreement with mm -hmm. earth prime. But yeah, they're not going to open the flood doors and say, oh, by the way, there are portals all over the world. No. No. So, but yes. We've already talked about this, especially with Richard saying what's going to happen. So you kind of have to basically go with that. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't say, well, you know, there's that whole commonwealth out there in space for, because of incursion, and maybe there's a base on Titan, and uh, people and people are trading with... Uh, because uh, I don't know where the uh, where the system platform goes in the IDETs, in, in the Bureau 13 system. Yeah, that's true. That was never put out, nor the star platform. So Right. So you could always just do stuff with... Uh, you know, with the incursion universe, because there's nothing keeping them. Once, once you know, uh, someone finds the Earth again and sets up trade with uh, with IDET, there's no. You can have a whole Commonwealth out there. You know, super science trading stuff and getting and that getting onto the fringe pass, leaving Earth and Bureau Thirteen alone. Yeah, of course. All you need is Yardan knew the the finally find Earth and then land right in the middle of the White House lawn or something like that. But they don't have to land in the middle of the White House lawn, John, because they want to come home. They just they why don't they land someplace quiet, you know, and find out and and, and find out that yeah, and find and find out that with all this technology they're bringing back that uh, it's you know it's just a nuclear trigger away from annihilating the entire world. Okay. Okay. They landed. They landed on a convenient baseball field nearby. Uh, <laughs> with the with the with the invisibility field on, yeah. 
Yeah. By the men in black who basically just say, oh, I'm sorry. Look at this flashlight. That's true. And they may be intercepted anyway on the way there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or by the Bureau from the moon base going, oh, look, it's one of the, it was one of those Ashani ships again. Yeah. <sighs> you know, because they were operating while, you know, you see the, the, the Ashani, the, the, the Raiders were operating while the moon base was, was, was being built. So they would have probably spotted the Adana uh, New coming in more than once for a raid. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, they probably know all, they all don't know about it. They know it's coming, but it's not coming for a raid. It's, be okay. slow. Okay. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, but there are other worlds in the, in the new Commonwealth. I mean, I would imagine the Skyrim would be fully part of the, of the new Commonwealth, and they would want what these folks got are selling. You know, you know, the, the, there's more than just Earth Prime that we have to worry about. Well, you I mean, did... they would also, also because mm -hmm. of the Golden Triangle of yeah, Greyhawk, Toral, and Kryn, which I will be doing next time. Mm-hmm. So those three worlds are connected magically. So yeah. you go to the fringe path, you get on this world, you can hop to the other world. It also would be another way of getting around the fringe paths, depending on where you put these worlds. So oh, yeah. quick transport is another reason why this would work out. Get yeah. somebody with even either magic ability or spell, you know, plane shift spell or a spell jammer. And still you can get across the fringe paths relatively quickly you can get your people to and from other certain places if you have enough, these three worlds being linked if you have enough gold you, you can always you know buy a ship and hire a crew yeah or hire as i said hire a wizard or a cleric to cast the plane ship spell and just yeah or yeah, a gate yeah. spell yeah and take you around yeah so yeah. There, there's yeah so you're right it is great I mean, uh, how far apart are they from Great? Where was Great? Where was Greyhawk again? Um, okay, imagine, imagine no, on the on, on the, on the sign, pathways. You know, less than greater than. Mm -hmm. That's the Golden Triangle. Center point would be Toral. Mm -hmm. The end points. The top one would be Greyhawk. The bottom one would be Kryn. No, no, I'm asking on uh, where was it located on the on the fringe paths? Oh, Greyhawk. Wait a minute, let me. This might take a bit. Yeah, I think I, I, I never... put it relatively close to. Actually, didn't you say you put it close to Bureau Thirteen Earth, or was that Skyrim? Uh, I believe. Yeah, it's going to take me a bit. Yeah, I remember it was relatively close to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it is. It's oh, a shortcut. Sky Skyrim is. Yeah, that's on um positive fifteen comma three. Okay, Skyrim's fine, and Greyhawk I think was like in what the twenties or thirties. Positive, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm looking now. Just yeah, talk amongst yourselves, you know, like coffee talk. But yeah, it, it, you know, if we're talking, if it's like a hundred, you know, hundred, a hundred nodes apart or more than that, that's uh, five thousand miles. So it takes us uh, a month to sail, to sail the sail the, the 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 etheric seas to get to get the Greyhawk. That's a lot better than trying to travel five thousand miles. Yeah, you know, in your vehicle at a top speed of about forty miles an hour, or you can do fifty, and it's an hour hour of portal, but that's a long way away. Uh, or if they, or if they actually have portals from one world to the other, if the gnomes were, you know, if there were portals that went from one one world to another, oh, or negative seventy, so from negative one hundred three okay. to negative seventy, still, but it's a jump. I mean, that's a difference of thirty, you know, thirty, yeah. 30 or so, three thousand, you know. Not three thousand, but uh, fifteen hundred miles. Yeah, but still, that's pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah. So yeah, you can bypass or you, you can skip or, yeah. Actually, your event. We start in Greyhawk. You you catch a ride out. You catch a ride in one of the um one of the the um spell jammers or whatever. Spell jammers. And someone idly pulls out the crystal key and says, "Find portal," and finds a portal. Ooh, where are we? Of course, that's a good way to get lost on the fringe paths because you don't yeah. know where you are. But you know it's on the you, you know there's well, a portal. Well, here's the thing: if you're going if you're going from Toral to Greyhawk, yeah. you're going to land at uh, near Greyhawk. Remember, there's that fringe portal that I placed between divers and Greyhawk. Yeah, and I'm saying if you're going from Greyhawk to Toral, that's a great way to get lost. Well, you would land at Waterdeep or Kalansham. Mm -hmm. The nearest portal between those two would be the one in the Troll Mountains. How far away is that? Uh, from Waterdeep. I remember how well it scaled up for distance. Uh, about a thousand. Okay, that's that's Sam. That, yeah, eight hundred miles. So yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it wasn't you, you best you got was a, a couple hundred miles range at the highest level of crystal. So you didn't yeah. have a thousand mile range. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're not gonna find it. It won't be findable uh, normally. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, so but still, you know, if you're wandering around and, and you know, and you do put the rent, you pull it out and check every so often, you know, you might, hey, look, there's a portal because you did put in some interesting places. The 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 uh, the platform, the rain stations in interesting places, especially if they hear a story about all this weird stuff and they pick up something that was from the garbage and has an identifiable Italian on it <laughs> from that from that one node. Where's this from? Uh, yeah, oh, it's, um, was it Italian or French and French and Arabic? Yeah, if they're finding it on Anachrome. Yeah, so yeah, or Anachrome, some... Anachrome. I kept calling it Anachrome because I I read it wrong and misspell it. Anachrome. Yeah, Anachrome. But yeah, you know, considering stuff is being dumped out, someone's going to be in. You know, if not usable, it'll at least be pretty looking. You know, or something we, uh, you know, or fixable. At least you know they're dumping it because it's you know hey say it's. You get, if you get to the point where you can make portals, a lot of things become junk because you don't want to take time fixing it. There, here it is, showing up on this world. Now it becomes, oh, I can, I don't know what, what this this phone, funny round thing is with the knob on one end and the dent in the other side, a, a battery. But this thing is interesting, and I, I can make something out of it. And then someone spots identifiable French, modern-day French, yeah, modern-day Arabic, uh, which are different from their older versions and they probably don't match the you know, actually there's no equivalent to Arabic or French on this world is there um well culture I mean, wise but the language but not language wise uh, well Kalim Sham is very close to Middle Eastern culture and a lot of yeah. times I have heard that Cormer and Sembia well let's see Cormer we have like Arabelle I don't know Cormer and Sembia I heard are very French-esque in culture you could just make that the various human languages correspond with if you do your research, Callum Sham, I would say, yeah, that's straight up Arabic. You could go that route and just save yourself a lot of time. Remember, we tried doing that with, um, we tried comparing with the Greyhawk. Bruce and I were comparing with uh, mm-hmm. Earth cultures, the various six human ethnicities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you could do it here with uh, Faroon. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, As I said, no. this was all a big thought experiment on my part. And because yeah. I do use these worlds in my campaign. Interesting enough. What, no, when were those Egyptians brought over again? How far how far back in the past were they brought over? Well, well read up. Uh, uh, What's the country again they're in? Mulhorand. M-U-L-H-O-R-A-N-D. All right. Let's see. Does they, does the, does the wiki say anything about that? Don't say anything about the bringing of the... Uh, nah, nothing here about that. I can see in the wiki. Wait a second. Here we go. Arrival. Well, history. Let's see... Minus 2,488 DR is a rough estimate when they when the when the great barrier between the deities was fought and the people were brought over here. So about 3,000 years in the past, about 3,000 years ago. So basically, they got these people similarly in time from ancient Egypt on Earth. Yeah, because ancient fr- Egypt was about 3,000 years ago last night. And, and, and remember, time of Cleopatra is closer to us than it is to Ramesses. And 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 Khufu. They're about oh three thousand years in the past. One of one of the odds that some of these suckers were yanked from the Coptic homeworld. Now they won't be speaking Arabic. They'll be speaking uh, Coptic and a few other Middle language. Egyptian and yeah. Yeah, yeah. No Greek. No nothing like that. Maybe maybe some maybe some uh, sea people. Maybe some Babylonian, but definitely no no Arabic at this point. But though they would, they may be some Semitic languages, but not very many at the, this point. So yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, it's a possibility, you know, that these folks are, you know, the, the reason why the, the Coptics knew that there was something going on is because someone, because some of the people got kidnapped by the gods who came from the sky, and they find it, and they found it. Well, as you said, the Coptics are only like about what in terms of date, one thousand B, one thousand AD. I think so. Yeah, but they found the they found the French portals and have been using them for the past hundred years or so. So yeah. So their technology is uh, probably all over the over the place in their home world. Okay. But, but yeah. All right. All right. I think we can wrap this up using the Forgotten Realm setting as a fringe world, preferably a prime, as I did. Will give the player again, obviously. Oh, this is the Forgotten Realms to find many startling similarities between Earth and possibly new things to bring back to Earth Prime, if only in a small portion. And of course, if the player characters get involved with the Harpers, as they would if they come through a Cormanthor portal, or if you place the portal somewhere in the Dale Lands, which is sort of North Central Faerun, they will have found valuable allies that they can use this world as a stopover 
as they travel the fringe paths. This thought experiment is all my own. It's part of my meta campaign that I have. I've had several players, oh, you're in Forgotten Realms? I want to have a character from there. Fine, we choose it out and then they get thrown into the megaverse, the metaverse. Now, if you have questions about this or any of the other worlds that I've thrown out or will throw out because I plan to do Kryn, the world of Dragonlance next, and then Eberron down the line. If you listeners have questions or comments, contact our Yahoo groups, our Google groups, TriTechGamers.com, the forums. Contact us on Fringeworthy RPG fans, fans of the TriTech podcast. Drop a comment at iTunes, the Podbean site from which you are getting this podcast. Feedback, feedback, feedback. We love it. We just got feedback for our Skyrim episodes. Josie will be reading that over and getting back with me on that. We will have much more for you next week, folks. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.